Welcome to Philanthropy Today. Our goal is to inspire giving by educating listeners on ways to give and how to connect with charitable causes. My name is Dave Lewis. I'm your host of Philanthropy Today. Thank you for joining the show. As we move toward the 25th anniversary of the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation, one of the things that we uh, have wanted to do here on the Philanthropy Today podcast is get to know a little bit more about some of the people that are on various uh, organ parts of the the GMCF, including the board of directors. And Vern Hendricks is uh, in here today, and uh, you brought a friend along. Indeed. I'm uh, happy to have Linda Cook with us here today. So Linda's a member of our Greater Manhattan Community Foundation Board of Trustees and uh, has just been with on the board for a couple of years now, I guess, I guess going into your second year possibly, and uh, has done a great job and has a wealth of experience in her background in philanthropy. So great to have you with us. So. Well, thank you very much. I'm very glad to be here. It's a great organization and I really love being engaged with it. You have been involved in a lot of things in your career. You know, including a, a a term at Kansas State University in the president's office. But let's let's get to know Linda Cook. Tell us, uh, give us the elevator speech on your history, <laughs> your resume. Well, I I grew up in Hope, Kansas, on a dairy and wheat farm. Um, my jobs there were to bale hay, uh, feed cattle, and and stay out of trouble. Um, but from there, I went on to after I graduated from high school, went on to Kansas State University and received a degree in journalism and mass communications. And at the time I decided I want to do something totally different and work for one of the largest corporations in the world. So I did. I managed to get General Motors to hire me Mm. and um, started out in in communications work there and um, spent 25 years with them and moved all over the country. But that is is one area. I mean, I, I really learned about giving uh, through 4-H and through my parents. They really instilled that in me. We did a lot of fundraisers, always put money in the salvation bucket at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Um, but at General Motors, with my job being in public affairs, we were working with each one of what we called the plant city communities, and which were 30 of them. So we um, had several million dollars that we invested each year and let each one of the GM operations uh, determine who they were going to give to in those communities. You know, it's what we couldn't direct that from the corporate level. They knew the needs of the community. So I got very involved with them in the, these different plant cities in figuring out what the needs of the community were. And this has been the great process of having Linda on the board. I mean, she brings a wealth of experience, not only individually, but uh, her pro- professional life and what uh, foundations, uh, a large foundation might involve with in the process. And and it's been uh, been great to have that perspective on the board with us. So. How long were you with General Motors? I was with GM for 25 years. That's a long time. Yeah. And then I, I had the urge to start moving back in this direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, parents were getting older. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the black sheep that moved out and, you know, farther from the perimeter of Kansas. Um, so I was working my way back to um, this area, Went moved to Kansas City first and worked for a a research firm there. Again, it was involved in community affairs and public relations. And then I, Amy Button Renz, who we all know, uh, invited me to be on the board of directors uh, for the Alumni Association. And when she had a job open up for um, the vice president of communications, she asked if I would um, search, serve on the search committee. And I said, well, 
you know, I've think, been thinking about I would like to retire in Manhattan. I'm getting closer to retirement. So if you don't mind, I'll apply for the job uh, so I can't serve on your search committee. So it worked out. I interviewed, did the full gamut with all the interviews, and I got the job. And um, so that's what got me back to Manhattan. And I worked for the Alumni Association for about six years and then moved over to the president's office for the university as chief of staff for President Myers. What did you learn about the people in the community through your time at K-State? It was, we, I have to tell you, at the time I was at K-State, we didn't get too involved with the community. Um, you know, downtown is not like it is now. Um, Many of us remember those days. Yeah. Right? And it was, so there was probably very little interaction other than I'd go down to Keller's department store every once in a while or Vern's for donuts. Um, <laughs> not this Vern, but not, yeah, yeah, not our Vern. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> so, um, so it wasn't until I came back uh, with the alumni association and working for the university um, that you could see it was what we called the town gown relationship. And we worked very closely because I led the town gown relationship when I was chief of staff. Mm. Um, and we, we really worked at ways that how does the university and students in particular, students, faculty, and staff who wanted to engage in the university, how do we make that connect in the areas where the community has the greatest needs? So um, we had a town gown meeting uh, that met monthly with some of the city officials. Um, I got involved in the Chamber of Commerce, the Flint Hills Regional Council. Um, so we was learning about a lot of the industries or this community's needs through that. Um, one in particular that students were particularly interested in is, you know, how do we invite students to become more engaged in Manhattan to see what Manhattan has other than Aggieville, which Aggieville is nice, but once you graduate, you know, these young professionals want to move on to uh, more professional things in Manhattan. So it was, how do we engage students to be more, to learn more about the community so that when they graduate, they will stay here um, start businesses here in Manhattan, work for the employers here in Manhattan. So um, that was pretty exciting to see that change. So there was definitely more engagement with the community. And this is where, again, uh, Linda has brought such a wealth of information to the board because Kansas State University is a significant element of our community. And and when those individuals aren't working, they're a part of this community's life and they have needs that we need to serve. And and so bringing that perspective from the university side and the alumni side has been been great to have Linda with us. And so uh, uh, our board has tried to, we try to c comprise it of individuals with knowledge of the community, the needs of the community and how we can make those connections. And, uh, and Linda certainly has again done that. So Linda, you've had a unique opportunity working with some, some terrific leaders. And in some cases, you know, um, a national world renowned leader in your role at the president's office. Mm -hmm. What did that do in your perspective to, to get you acclimated more toward the community and, and the vision that uh, you may have seen from them? Well, it was very interesting um, to see their leadership styles because I also work for the CEO of General Motors. So to see their leadership styles and how, you know, their visions, you know, for what they wanted Kansas State to be known for in the community in the areas of helping and as you know, as well as at General Motors, you know, what are some of the areas um, that um, the university has some expertise in 
um, that we can help. And obviously, a university has expertise in a lot of areas. But I think as a leader, that's where, like President Myers, really had a focus on what are some of the key expertise areas that we can really have a true benefit uh, to the community. And I tell, tell you, when we had COVID and we had to shut the university down, mm-hmm. Uh, and the city pretty much shut down. Um, that's where you, where we really saw President Meyer's leadership and his skill and his ability to adapt to disasters. He was, you know, this is September 11th. Um, he was just becoming the uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff when 9-11 hit. So uh, he knows a thing or two about handling community um, or national emergencies. So he was very calm he knew how to calm the rest of the community down. And we actually, he, through his guidance, I set up, uh, uh, it was twice a month meetings that included key members of the community because very everyone was very interested. What's the university going to do? Because what the university does impacts the entire community. Uh, and we had the scientists and the expertise that could, uh, had a better knowledge of what this this virus is all about. And in fact, they were working on uh, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, science experiments on or research experiments on vaccines, and working with pharmaceutical companies in developing new and better vaccines and other other aids for getting rid of viruses. So, so he he brought the calm to the community, um, and it was just he really took a hold of that, and I think it meant a lot, certainly to the university as well as the community. It was also a very trying time for nonprofits, a very trying time for um, everybody associated with the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation and the work that was done uh, in in the community. And and there really was a, you know, I like to think that there's tremendous synergy uh, with all the leaders because so many of us were looking to each other to try to figure out what's our next step? How do we do this? And uh and this, obviously, you know, with with the the GMCF, mm-hmm. um, really, you know, had a that created a great opportunity, I guess you could say, to to reach out to others and and help try to battle some of the challenges we had on various levels. Oh, absolutely. We had even as uh, I was a member of the board of directors for the Chamber of Commerce and on, on their executive committee. And when some of the federal money came down to the state level and the state level sent it to the cities, um, and they were to distribute it to people that needed help keeping their businesses going. And um, there was an application that they had to fill out to request the money. Um, So the city asked the chamber to be involved in screening and looking at the applications and making decisions on, you know, did they meet the qualifications and providing those um, federal dollars to them to try to help keep their businesses going, uh, you know, just help them in emergency financial situations. So that was a real eye opener too to just see how many, you know, little businesses, uh, a lot of daycare, um, for, mm. you know, organizations tried to keep, you know, their employees trying to keep you know, keep themselves viable so they would be here when when we got past the COVID emergency. So. Um, and there, there were there were just so many different organizations, like you said, the community foundation getting involved, the chamber, um, you know, Pawnee Mental Health. You know, there was a lot of isolation during the time of COVID, and you know, little, little mental health uh, issues were probably, 
you know, exacerbated during that point in time. So all these different agencies were finding ways to help people food. Uh, people didn't have jobs. Uh, food bank needed to come in there and help people that normally probably never had to go to a food bank before that had to during that time period. From your experiences through that time frame and, and, and also through your work at GM and through the president's office and the Alumni Association, how has that inspired you for your work at the uh, as a member of the board of the GMCF? Um, I learned a lot about strategy and how you start to prioritize uh, your efforts, your initiatives based on what community needs are versus just what a, a collective group of 12 people on a board want to do. Um, so that to me, that was probably one of the greatest things that I learned um, and things that you should get involved in and not get involved in. There was a time when a tornado was working in uh, Youngstown, Ohio area at one of the GM facilities. And um, we they, a tornado went through. Clearly, in that part of the country, they don't have that many tornadoes. I knew what to do, but a lot of people did not know what to do. There were a lot of uh, fatalities, a lot of destruction. And at our GM assembly plant, we had a lot of employees that lost their homes. Several were killed. And so what can we do at that point in time to help you know, the community? Because it was a major manufacturing area for General Motors to help the people in the community as well as our employees. So we decided to raise money and we would be the ones to determine who would get it which is, it was too large of a job for a small group of people to handle. And that's where we realized our United Way agencies, our foundations, they need to be the one to make those decisions going forward. Um, but it was, you know, through those that we learned just how much, um, whether you're a university or a corporation, you are a member of the community and you need to do your work to support it. And as board members, it's looking at what the community needs. So I think you know, just having and also being on the chamber and being involved in the town gown um, with K-State in Manhattan, I've probably had a greater look at what the needs of Manhattan are. More and there's of an a lot overreaching of perspective probably yes. than a lot of people can yeah. bring. And even with the Flint Hills Regional Council, um, which, you know, we're part of, this community is a part of it, but just to see you know, the rural communities uh, like Hope, you know, like uh, Council Grove or Clay Center, um, you know, how they need to keep themselves viable. Because many of the people that live in those communities do come to Manhattan to work. So, in a, you know, you kind of broaden the region a little bit, which, you know, the Manhattan, Greater Manhattan Community Foundation has done that as well. You know, you look at that perspective and, you know, now 20 partner affiliates that the GMCF has. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when, when you come from a background of rural life, you have a different perspective on what that foundation opportunity creates for these smaller communities. Absolutely. You see a lot of these communities where it looks like they're downtown and their housing is just falling apart. They get involved in some of these grants uh, because they're proud of their communities. They rebuild them. And, um, you know, um, Council Grove is an example of that, uh, that downtown area that they've revitalized, Clay Center, Lindsburg. Um, so, yes, it's exciting to see how they engage in this larger infrastructure to help the rural communities because we are we're all in it together. Do you have any specific goals as being a member of the board of directors for the GMCF? Well, um, 
I'm the, I am chair of the marketing committee. So uh, my goal is to make sure we get the word out about uh, the great things that uh, the, the, the Community Foundation does through the committee. I mean, McKenna does all the work being the staff member, but it's how can we best communicate with the greater Manhattan Community Foundations? How do we get communicate for more people to get involved? And, and we are working on the celebration plans for the 25th anniversary, so stay tuned. We got some really cool things that we're, we will be announcing shortly. I'm looking forward to that. Yes. <laughs> you know, when you take it into consideration, you know, we have the CFAs that will be coming up in March. And and uh, I don't know how many of those you've had the opportunity to to be a part of. But they are significant, I think, in this community to to recognize a lot of the work that is being done here that by, you know, unsung heroes in our community. Oh, absolutely. It's just you look at the donations that go out. You know, that's part of the board member. You get to see where the dollars are going. And it's just, it's amazing. You know, this is a $300 million foundation, uh, probably a little higher than that now mm -hmm. even, because it keeps growing. And it's just really gratifying to see all the diverse areas that that money is going to to help people in this area and within the state. Do you have any nonprofit organizations that you have a particular interest in supporting? Well, right now, two that I'm most involved in um, I'm on the I'm president of the uh, foundation for the Metal Arc Hills Foundation, and I'm also president of the board of trustees for the Manhattan Public Library. So, um, but you know, I do have a lot of I mean, I contribute to multiple organizations. But right now, where I've allocated my time, and because I am retired, <laughs> I try not to fill up all my time. But but you're not less busy, right? That's right. So. I'm trying not to get on too many boards at one time. And obviously there's, you know, with the Greater Manhattan Community Foundations, I've kind of filled my uh, filled my area there and still involved with the chamber. Um, we established uh, it was uh, it was uh, well, we had Harry, Harry Watts and Wayne Sloan created this established business leaders um, because as people retired from their businesses, they still wanted to be active in the community and the chamber. So our group of established business leaders is out there working on different projects to um, started a mentoring program to help young professionals in, you know, looking at that workforce development, you know, that's an area, childcare, uh, those are all things that the foundation has been involved in, um, including economic development. So we're staying active that way. I think the childcare initiative that is underway here is one of the great success stories that we've seen through our nonprofit community and, and various yeah. agencies coming to be. And, you know, you, you spotlighted that a little bit and the talk about, you know, the days during the pandemic mm -hmm. and the need in the community. And, and yes, we continue to grow. And mm -hmm. that is a, that is an unexpiring need here. And, and that's got to give you some, some, some great hope for, for that, for that, uh, for that venture. Oh yes, absolutely. Many people are very excited about that because actually what it'll do is people that want to start a daycare business, give them the training and the counsel for how do you set up the business? You know, how do you run the financial side of it? How do you handle all the legal issues? So they'll be training in a facility that actually is doing daycare uh, then once they work, reach this certification through the daycare center, then they can move out and start their own home daycare. Um, and that's where they see a lot of a lot of the growth is is in home daycare. 
So, but the other thing is how do you connect with where those people are? Because most of them are busy. So this task force, this centralized effort of training and getting more daycare providers out there is also a conduit to help people find the daycare. And we heard that at K-State during COVID or even when we it wasn't in COVID, finding daycare was extremely difficult and extremely expensive. So there has to be a way to provide the daycare that young professionals or, or young parents can work and still afford the daycare. With your relationship and participation in the Manhattan Chamber of Commerce Board, and uh, you know, also your duties uh, as a board member of GMCF, there's uh, a connection between the two. Mm-hmm. There's um, a, lot, a, a lot of d- plates in the air with both organizations, but it's neat to see you know, so many great community leaders working on behalf of both. Absolutely. And it, because they're both about community. Um, and there's a lot of overlapping areas of interest. So it's, it's just a perfect uh, partnership. And I think that's what a lot of organizations in Manhattan, um, you know, we're working on a new strategic plan for the library. Um, so how do we how do we partner with other organizations to meet the needs of the community that the library can offer? So these partnerships like the Community Foundation and the Chamber have really multiply the, the help that they can give to the community. You know, we talk often about uh, time, talent and treasure when it comes to uh, the Community Foundation. Uh, let's talk a bit about, uh, you know, some of the, the philanthropic aspects that, that, that you have shared uh, in your time here. The, um, well, again, I'm, when I'm on the different boards that I'm on, I stay very engaged in those, um, those uh, programs or, you know, donating to them and serving time. Uh, Green Match Day, I love that, mm-hmm. coming down to help with the Green Match Day. Uh, contributing to it, making it more, you know, create more awareness for it with friends to get them involved in it. So, um, you know, and then there's, you know, the philanthropy that involves the university as well. Um, the university being a major employer, um, another economic development force. Um, so I continue to support the university through philanthropic efforts as well. So more, there's definitely more need, then I have the money to support. So I am also able to provide more of my time and my expertise to help in philanthropic ways. Well, thank you for sharing your talents and your time and your treasures here. And uh, it's it's a delight to get to know a little bit more about you from those Hope Kansas roots <laughs> that we both share. And uh, congratulations on being a board member and looking forward to greater involvement from Linda Cook. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us for Philanthropy Today, an inside look at the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. You can always learn more about the GMCF at our website, mcfks.org. We also invite you to subscribe to Philanthropy Today on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Dave Lewis. I'm proud to host Philanthropy Today. It's hosted and produced in the Ad Astra Cast Studios in downtown Manhattan, Kansas. 